when you start your own business, it needs to serve your life. Ask any business owner. The most important thing about being a business owner, autonomy. No question about it. I, I have this discussion all, all the time. What you really should never lose sight of is the autonomy of building something that serves my purpose. So if you are listening to this, if you feel like your business is choking you, stop, stop, get off and do, do a walk in the woods, do a hike, rethink your primary aim and make changes. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan and I'm joined today by Brian Nolan, Managing Partner of Nolan Consulting Group and Senior Business Coach for a conversation that is the foundation of what we do here at NCG. What does it mean to get out of the hourglass? This is the core of our mission statement. This is our why and it defines the focus of the work that we do. Our goal is to get small business owners out of the hourglass, to achieve profitable growth by implementing proven systems, to know their numbers, and build a high-performance team. So what does it mean to be stuck? Can you find yourself at different scenarios in which you've escaped the hourglass, but are then back in it? The answer is yes, and Brian breaks down how he looks at the concept, and the different scenarios, from growth and scalability desires to achieving balance with excellence, in which we work with entrepreneurs to help them escape their hourglass and achieve their visions, whatever that might look like. At the end of the day, this is about working towards building a value business and helping business owners achieve their full potential. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. I am here today with managing partner and senior business coach, Brian Nolan. Brian, welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Molly. It's good to be here again, talking about what's probably my favorite subject. I don't know. I think you give a lot of favorites. I feel like you say that on a couple different occasions, but we could put this up there as one of the favorites. Well, that's what high eyes do. You know, I'm a high <laughs> eye disc. And so many best friends. In the moment is the favorite. <laughs> there you go. Um, but you're right. This particular topic I know is very um, near and dear to your heart. Really, it's the why of what we do here at NOLA Consulting Group. The, the focus of this episode is what does it mean when we say, let's get out of the hourglass? which is interesting because our podcast is called Out of the Hourglass. We speak to that uh, in, in so many ways uh, with our coaching. Uh, you know, it's on our website. It's, it's like our mission statement. We get contractors out of the hourglass. What does that, when you, when you hear that phrase, Brian, what does that like bring out of you? Well, Molly, I have to go back to uh, 2004 when I started Nolan Consulting Group with Kevin, and uh, I had just come out of the corporate world, uh, 17 years of, of being in, a, uh, in, in three very large businesses, companies. In fact, my first job, Mal, I walked into Aetna in, uh, this is my first job out of graduate school. I walked into Aetna in uh, what was then uh, 1987. And uh, it was a building with 7,000 employees, 7,000 employees. So I was everything but uh, 
hourglass mindset. There was so many people doing, doing different things. So I fast forward 17 years, I get out of the corporate world and I'm looking to start this business. And I'm talking to Kevin and we start talking to contractors. And I realized that, oh my gosh, so many people are stuck that they're doing everything. They're wearing so many hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I, I, I pictured this uh, organizational structure um, with the word you in every box. And then I pictured um, a little person stuck in the hourglass of time and they were almost getting choked. They couldn't grow. They couldn't grow at all. And in fact, they were, they were very unhappy. Um, And so I think of um, the person who at the end of the day, the owner gets home at 6.30 at night, maybe has a young baby or two, the wife's making dinner and he's got seven phone calls to make, bills to pay, invoices to send out going, why, why, why did I do this? What is this? And maybe they were also the same ones who were the technician and putting the paint on the walls or doing the actual landscaping or going out and laying the concrete coating. I mean, these are at the very simple level. This is a technician slash business owner, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, most contractors that we work with started as a technician, right? And they said they, they didn't like their boss. They had this, this vision of, of a summit, of a, of a desired future state that would give them freedom, give them freedom to be, to be their own boss and work when they want and ha- have balance. And the very thing they sought after is often comes crashing down several years into it when they've really grown past their ability to run a business because they've gotten too big for just them and they're stuck and they're stuck in this hourglass. And it's, it's really, it's a frustrating place. So we, we get a lot of phone calls around that. You certainly do. Um, And it's interesting. I mean, I think anybody who has worked or works in a small business environment uh, feels very familiar to the term that you just mentioned a few moments ago about, you know, wearing a lot of hats. Don't we all, don't we all play several different roles in an organization in a small business world, whether there are four employees or 25 employees, there's still many individuals who are probably wearing several hats as, as that business grows. Uh, but one thing I think I found interesting, Brian, in doing some prep here with you is that getting out of the hourglass can is applied to different scenarios. It's not just the technician business owner. That is kind of the introductory level. But what we have found is that there are different scenarios in that business life cycle where you can find yourself back in the hourglass. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's just explore these three. So we get phone calls from prospects and I mean, broadly speaking, you could put them into three buckets. Um, first bucket is I can't grow. I'm stuck. I'm stuck at a million dollars or I'm stuck at 800,000 or I'm stuck at 2 million, but I'm stuck. I don't know where to go next. What do I do? And I want to scale. I got bigger visions and I know you guys have done this. You got a, you've over a hundred businesses you work with. Um, help me. Number two is I need balance. I need more in my life. Um, and I want excellence as well. So balance in pursuit of excellence. I want to be able to go to my kid's soccer game and do these things and have dinner. Um, and maybe I don't want to be a $5 million business, but I do want to be a substantial business making good living, not all dependent upon me. And then the third one, which is actually the most um, uh, popular these days is succession planning. 
uh, we get calls from guys in their 50s uh, or maybe early early 60s that realize they've been working for 30 years and they need to make a decision. Are they going to um, just let their business die on, on the vine or are they going to pass their business on? And uh, they want to be able to at least consider maybe getting some value out of it. But you see, the problem is they can't because they're doing everything. So <laughs> they can't just leave. We call that a lifestyle business. A lifestyle business is when as long as you're working in it, it makes you money. But as soon as you stop working in it, it doesn't. And a value business is you're growing a business that gets more valuable as you work in it. So I'm, I would say I'm 99% sure that most entrepreneurs can, would find themselves in one of those three scenarios in, in, a, in their business um, environment. Uh, but let's paint the picture of just some, some just general statements that I often, I also think that other entrepreneurs are going to find themselves in and whether it's the, well, you call it the out of the hourglass test. And where do you, where do you fall here in, in certain areas of, you know, owning a job versus owning a company, correct? Correct. These are great. Um, Cause uh, many of you will be able to relate to several of these statements um, such as I solve problems. That's what I do. I solve problems. Oh, and it feels good. I get, I get some dopamine, but I also find myself always solving problems and I can't get ahead. I do tasks. Tasks are, are the work. I focus on have tos, not want tos, things I have to do or else there's going to be some pain if I don't do it. My goal is getting the job done and making payroll this week. I'm doing okay if I have money in the bank. If I want things done right, I've got to do it myself. I don't trust the people. In fact, I can't find people. I'm making money as long as I'm working. Uh, these, are, these are things. I, I have no thinkers. Are there any thinkers in, in this business for crying out loud? People call me and ask me the stupidest questions. Um, my, my suggestion would be to ask yourself, what is, what is promulgating that, that question? It, or have you appropriately let go? As opposed to um, you become a coach and every problem is an opportunity to coach someone. Um, you're doing okay if you hit your budget. Uh, you have training programs to teach great people how to be good craftsmen. Uh, you have crew leaders who run jobs from start to finish. Uh, you are a talent scout. You realize your job is to find great people. Um, you're building a business that is valuable. You have roles. You've built an organizational chart. You realize the differences between a sales role, an operations role, and a finance and HR role. You have job descriptions in place. And as Michael Gerber would say, the system runs the business. The people run those systems. And so that is the other side. So there's hourglass leadership. And then what we like to refer to as cascading leadership, when I realize that my job is actually to develop people, uh, have the vision, get engagement, not to do the work of the work as an owner. Now, unless you want to, the, the beauty of being a business owner is you have a choice whether you what, what role you want to play. I work with a lot of guys who want to sell. I still like to sell, bro. I'm like, then sell. Um, but that doesn't mean that uh, you have to also start the jobs, pay the bills, uh, answer questions from the field. 
right? That's where you, you put yourself in the sales box on that org chart, and then you fill in other people around you in the other areas. That's right. That's exactly right. So let's dive into the three scenarios that you mentioned a little, um, a little while ago, the growth the growth scenario, the uh, desire for balance, what with excellence, and then the succession planning. Uh, so the first one, which I think is maybe the most common uh, that we often see is growth. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's the most common that we see is owners reaching out, they've hit a plateau, they don't know how to get above those certain milestone marks of 500, a million, one, you know, two, two million, because when you hit those parts or when you, or when you hit those different levels, there, things have to change or the org chart has to expand systems have to be present. Yes. Yes. So where do, where do we, where do you start there? Yeah. Well, so, um, the beauty of, of, of the 18 years we've been doing this now is we have businesses that we work with as small as a half a million dollars a year and as big as $46 million a year. So we have models uh, at different levels Um, because this hourglass thing happens at several levels. I get calls sometimes, Brian, back in the hourglass, maybe it's a $5 million business. I'm back in the hourglass. Usually means that they've hit a ceiling uh, and they need a, a new function, a new manager, a new role in their business because it's getting too much for them to do. And so if you start at the very basic, we get a call and someone doesn't even have an admin, uh, maybe that they have a part-time admin and admin is the best investment you, you can make. The first thing we also say is you have a bookkeeper. You have someone who's invoicing, uh, doing your accounts payable, collections, those type items. So then you're still in the, you know, 500,000 to 700,000 range. Then do you have crew leaders? You've got you know, I don't know that there's any position more important to scaling a contracting business than a crew leader or job leader system where um, you, the owner, does not have to be at every job. And you feel so confident that that the crew leaders running your job will run it the way you would want them to, because you've documented things. They know how to start a job. They know how to talk to a customer. They know how to delegate to a crew. They understand the hours on the job. Um, they get it. And uh, as Gerber would also say, my, Michael Gerber, um, we want, well, it's okay to have ordinary people with extraordinary systems. So you've got to document those systems. Then we keep going. At what point do you bring a sales rep in? Remember, Kevin must have been, at, I think, the million dollar mark years ago and he was selling and he had to show up and be at the field to start a job and he had to go to to an estimate or yeah and he had to go deliver paint and uh and then he figured out you know if i hire a salesperson um maybe i would have have time so then he worked out at that budget and then he said if i hire a field leader um and all of a sudden he goes from one million to three million um when you hire these key roles and, um, and then at some point you reach a p- point where you need an in-house operations coordinator, uh, you call, call it a resource coordinator. Um, and this, then at, at some point you need a human resource person because we're dealing with people and we need uh, onboarding and compliance. Um, then at some point you can't keep the business in your head anymore. So you need a finance person. Um, 
controller. And then these are these are like filling the pieces of the puzzle of scalability. I always say business is a science. Business is a game. Know the pieces in the game. Leadership is an art. And this art is the emotional intelligence to know when to let go. You see, the biggest issue with this hourglass is we don't let go. I've been there, Ma. You are an owner and it's your brand and you're so controlling and you don't let go. You're afraid to let go. Or then some people, when they do let go, it goes terrible. And they say, oh, see, I let go. The problem was they didn't document the systems. They didn't, they didn't put their brand, the way they do things, and train people to do it their way. Uh, so they get small again. And some people just want it. And by the way, it's okay to be small. We have no, it's, um, one person told me once, your business will grow to the size that the owner is accepting of. And some owners just want, they have insatiable appetite to grow. Others have an insatiable appetite to be excellent. Some want both. Um, so, yeah, so that's this growth one. And, and uh, Scaling Up is a, is a great book uh, for those of you who want to kind of really get into it. And we, we just started a, a new peer group, actually, that Colin leads called uh, Scaling Partners, where some of the big guys want to share with each other um, what happens when you're, you get past 10 million, past 15 million, which many of our businesses are now. Now what? Uh, so they talk about things like board of directors and uh, CFOs and, uh, you know, intense management meetings and, uh, and starting new businesses, quite frankly, because now that they've got their business going the way it is. So that's the growth one. A couple things stand out to me kind of through what you said, Brian, you know, one of them is, you know, the hiring of these different positions. I think a lot of the times the, a lot of the questions that come through from new clients is, well, when is the right time to hire a sales rep? When is the right time to hire the operations manager? And that's one of those things that kind of going through the process of understanding of letting go and budgeting and forecasting, you're able to start seeing when is the right time, starting to kind of create that, create that picture. Another thing I want to make, I want to highlight is going back to, it's okay to be any desired revenue size that is, that is right for you. Working, getting out of the hourglass, working with a business coach is not about grow, 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 grow. It's about understanding what your vision is for the company. What is your desired outcome? And then working to get there. And so whatever that desired outcome might be, 1 million, 5 million, a, a team of great people that keeps everybody well-paid and happy. I mean, understand that it's, you're creating the business for whatever, for whatever desire is in your heart. And it's not about, it's not about always aligning up to, you know, the next, the next competitor and trying to beat them. It's what do you want and go after that? Who cares? Revenue size. I would say uh, when, when we're talking to someone who's considering joining us or is on board, this is your summit. It's not my summit. I'll, I'll never tell you what to do. Uh, what, the first thing we do with you is a three-year vision where we, we paint out the, exactly what your business will look like in three years. It's so powerful. Like in, in a several-page document, like you are looking 
into Golden Pond and you see the reflection of what's happening when your business is serving you. And then back to this, when's the right time thing. So with that vision in mind, you then back it up. And is, we get so many uh, chicken and egg questions, is, which comes first. And uh, the answer is at the same time. So if someone says, I want to hire a sales manager, I'm sorry, or let, let's, let's even back up. I want to hire a sales rep and you're doing maybe $800,000. Um, let's do a budget with what, what the revenue is going to be once you have a sales rep. And let's give that salesperson goals. And now let's look at that. Now we say we want to build, hire a field leader to manage our crew leaders. Let's do a budget to say how much revenue, how many feet on the street do we need to make that happen? So it, it happens together in a planned forecast way. Um, one, of my, one of my greatest passions is to help contractors become predictable, like have a predictable path, predictable month. Surprise, I had a boss say to me once, I can take good news, I can take bad news, I can't take surprises. And so um, uh, I am on a quest for getting a, a model that predicts the revenue based on a pricing mechanism, how many hours people are going to work and uh, uh, a gross profit and, and systems that operate like a machine. Problems happen, the machine gets quirky, but I've seen enough of it over my years to know that this can be done. It allows taking those leaps of hiring and adding onto the org chart, feel, feel uh, because, there, there's, because there's a plan around it, feel less scary. Yeah, confidence, right? Yeah. You know, we do. So I always do. So what's the break even on a field manager? What do you mean, Brian? Well, how much revenue do you have to do so that after cost of goods sold, there's still money left over to pay that salary? And what you may find is, oh, okay. I mean, just to do do the math, um, call it if it's a hundred, let's call one hundred twenty thousand all in. Um, and let's call it probably uh, a 50, 55,000 in, in GP, then we do, you know, so, so what do you need? You need like $300,000 in revenue, additional revenue to support that field manager. Okay. So how many feet on the street is that? And then you do that calculation and then you plan your budget and then you live your budget. Your team now knows we have to hire people. So it is definitely a game and it is definitely a science to put the pieces in play. So let's move on to the second scenario where we often see the hourglass uh, function come through. This is, I need balance in my life. I, this is kind of going after that work-life balance discussion or chasing your primary aim feeling, uh, but maintaining balance while also achieving excellence, feeling good about the work that you're doing, but also uh, doing that work really well. Yeah, I, I have a lot of clients that fall into this bucket. And people used to think uh, uh, you join the summit program, you, you hire Nolan Consulting. If you want to grow, that's what you do. And certainly that is one of the, the avenues. But we are about your primary aim. So th this idea of getting balance and, and, and putting great systems in, in place is really about um, checklists, and it's about decision-making. It's about the ability to push down decision-making, get three or four great crew leaders that you can mentor 
to be able to run things. It's about uh, shared success models with a, with a performance pay for when things go well. Um, it's about just getting enough other people in your world that share the insomnia, um, that know you care about them, they'll care about you, and you don't have to be a $5 million business. I have, I have several $1.5 million businesses, $1 million businesses that, that have achieved this, that are putting in training programs. They're doing a lot of training themselves because that's what they love to do. Um, so it's, that's, that's what it's about. I mean, business, when you start your own business, it needs to serve your life. I mean, ask any business owner. Um, the most important thing about being a business owner, autonomy. No question about it. I, I have this discussion all, all the time. Yeah, I mean, some people want to get rich. It takes a while to do that, and some don't. Uh, but what you really should never lose sight of is the autonomy of building something that I that serves my purpose, my purpose in life. Uh, that is not just to be a slave to my business. So if you are listening to this, if you feel like your business is choking you, stop, stop, get off and do, do a walk in the woods, do a hike, rethink your primary aim and make changes. I've, I've done this many times over my many, many years. And make the time to show up to the things outside of work that are important because you don't want to look back and regret those moments, whether it's family outings, kids games, friend celebrations, those, those, those parts of our life play a really important role in kind of giving us a purpose in another way and making us feel fulfilled and our souls feel good. And so there's a balance there. Of course, we can't make it to everything, but you got to show up to those things too. I remember my, um, the early years before I started Nolan Consulting, I was I was in the corporate world. I was vice president of operations for a company called Core, owned by Fortis. I ran five offices around the country. I remember on my birthday, one year, uh, driving up the coast to go to to another business meeting, um, being away from my birthday. Thinking to myself, what? How did this happen? Uh, let me tell you how my birthdays go now. I typically get a massage. <laughs> I go for a bike ride with my wife. We usually end up uh, somewhere and have have lunch and a beer. Uh, usually meet up with you guys. I have a great day. I, I remember when I was in the corporate world, missing a lot of your games. Mom would always go, and uh, when you have your own business, you can't let that happened to you. And which is why autonomy, you know, you've heard the phrase on, on your deathbed, no one ever says, I wish I had spent more time working. Right. Uh, and so, but yet we spend so much time in this um, urgent quadrant, if you will. Yeah. I would say protect that time, protect, protect your birthday, plan it the way you want it to, you want it to be, you know, as like you would protect a really important appointment for work, protect those important personal appointments too. You got to do that. You've got to do that. No one else will. (laughs) Right. You're the only one. You're the only one can that can protect that time or or deem it worthy of your time. Unless you're my wife, you know, my wife, Agnes, (laughs) she'll, 
she'll she gets mad at me if I don't plan her birthday because she, she she'll say what you can plan your birthday you can't plan mine <laughs> <laughs> that just happened so protect your your celebrations protect your partner's yes. celebrations yes um, but it, it just all goes back to kind of feeling feeling full in all aspects of your life and just because you own a business doesn't mean and you and you and there's a lot of stress and you're maybe responsible for a lot of salaries uh that doesn't mean that you have to suffer personally as well. That's right. All right. Let's move on to the third out of the hourglass scenario, which uh, we would call succession planning. So um, we're, we're actually getting a lot of phone calls around this lately. It seems that uh, we, we either get calls from people in their early thirties who want to scale or mm-hmm. calls from people in their fifties and early sixties go, uh Oh, time's running short. Um, what what do I do? Um, and I'll I'll start maybe with a story back about uh, maybe 16 years ago. Kevin bought a business um, of, of two brothers who were older than him that he in fact competed with for years and years and years. Were, was bigger than Nolan Painting, and they let their business go down, 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 down. And he he bought it for a song. I mean, he bought it for the price of the vans and things like that. And um, so the thing you want to begin doing seven years before you retire, seven years before you you leave your business, because um, you could be in your 40s and say, I want to pass my business on in, in seven years. There's, there's a, a great book called uh, Finish Big by uh, Big Bo. Bo Burlingham, if I have that right. Um, and uh, so we, we now are specializing in, in, this, in this area, succession planning. We've got a 30-some-odd step uh, process that will work with you on everything from valuing your business now to valuing it when you leave, uh, based upon the size, based upon what systems you still need to put in place when you leave. Um, we will look at the skills of your people and uh, what skills you need to replace in, in yourself when you leave. Um, we will look at options for selling it to employees, gifting it to family, selling it to the outside, um, or just putting a general manager in place and cashing it out as a cash cow for decades. A real popular one that we work with contractors on is uh, selling their business to employees um, or their family and self-financing it. So seller financed over a 10-year period that is um, often paid for uh, through the profits, the distributions that the new owner takes. And sometimes the, the owner the prior owner will will stay involved in the business as a salesperson for some capacity to really protect their investment. Um, other times, they'll put a board of directors in place of uh, skilled people who can have oversight of the new CEO to protect the legacy. And it, you know, it, it really, it's that investment. And then um, the other alternative is to just sell it completely. Uh, to to an outsider, and uh, we we will help get your business in shiny shape. Systems, open it up, turn 
turnkey. Here's the operations manual. Um, so those are really, really good. It's great. That feels really good to have a plan. In fact, we have a mastermind group called um, Built to Last. Uh, and there are, are nine owners in this group. Molly, you run it with me. And um, right now, in fact, this afternoon, uh, three of them are going to be sharing their plans. One, one guy, uh, Sheldon Stewart, who's been on a podcast, uh, he's about nine and a half years out, but his plan is dialed in nine and a half years out. Now, the guy, John, John McFarland, classic, he He's five years out. And so we're putting together a plan and he's identified a couple options. And another guy, Dwayne Hagen, CDH, is uh, two years out. Um, and uh, um, so, you know, oh no, I'm only two years out. Well, it's not too late. It's like plant that tree now. Uh, don't, don't wait, you know, and, and it can change. So, um, but having a plan and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, my last thought, on this topic is um, my accountant, when I first started Nolan Consulting, it was my first meeting with him. He asked me what my exit strategy was. And it was the furthest thing from my mind. And uh, he alluded that, well, you know, it's really a good idea to have an exit um, plan because your business is not you. And uh, realize that. And the problem, and I've been wrapped up in it, is us business owners, the business becomes us and we have identity role crisis. And mm -hmm. if there's failure in the business, we, it's like a belly punch. Um, so this idea of planning succession is a way to begin to remove yourself from the business, separate your mindset, and, and then begin planning your next passion, which is really important. You cannot leave your business um, healthily, healthy in your mind unless you have thought about what you're going to do when you leave your business. Yeah. How are you okay. going to fill all that time, all that energy that you poured into your business? Where does it go? It needs you to just be channeled don't stop. somewhere. Yeah. You just don't stop being purposeful. And um, so Kevin is just a couple years away and he's, he is involved in all kinds of new stuff now because that's what Kevin does. He got to uh, keep, got to keep busy. You keep going. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Maybe some people want to play golf five or six days a week. That's not my gig. Um, it's only but, not your gig because you're not very good at it. <laughs> I want to be good at it, but I'm I not. Know. So I it's don't okay. play because I, because I don't like losing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Brian, if I can just kind of speak to uh, what you said in the beginning about generally, you know, seven years is the recommended time frame, And we have a, a checklist, a process of about 30 different areas of where you begin you begin to work through this process. That can sound daunting. That can sound like a lot. That can sound complicated, but I think it's important. And Sheldon Stewart really uh, kind of spoke to this. It's you have poured so much time and energy into the building of this business over years and years and years that has affected many people's lives, not just yourself, but your, your, your employees, their families, your community. How can you just not give passion and energy to leaving it like it's your life's work and you can't just drop it like i mean maybe you can but for most people it that's really hard to just to just drop it and walk away from it so give it give intention behind the the exit plan like you yeah. gave intention to the building of the business 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, the hardest part about leaving your business is the emotional part. And so you need to address that um, and then uh, begin to look for uh, successors. If you don't have it in your business, um, begin several years out looking outside to bring, bring some people in. Um, so I think we've hit it. Yeah, I think we've hit it, but I know you have a couple of uh, interpretations from the NCG team of how they interpret the phrase out of the hourglass and maybe share two or three. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, this is great because I, I asked my team what it means um, to get out of the hourglass. And uh, Tom said to gain a sense of release, relief, a peace of, of mind. Andrew said, sleep at night. You don't have to be completely in or out. You have a ch- choice. I've learned to let go. I'm more aware as a leader. Catherine said, to build a team, the freedom to grow the way you want. Dee said, to help build teams, process, and culture that business owners can trust to run the business according to, to their vision. And Jim, our news coach, probably gave me the most uh, formal one. Supporting a business owner to identify the most productive and best use of their time while establishing behaviors that provide a degree of freedom from daily operations, time that can be spent on strategy development, personal enjoyment, or quality time with their, with their family. While so, it's the most, while it's the most formal, I think it's probably the most encompassing. It's pretty encompassing. Jim. Yeah. Because that's, that's at the end of the day, I mean, that feels balanced. That feels like you have grown a business while still being yourself. Yes. Think about what he said, freedom from daily operations. I can spend time on strategy development, which is the creative side of things, personal enjoyment and quality time with my family. Uh, uh, And so I've got the autonomy, the autonomy of business ownership. So, The first step out of the hourglass is to document, document, document what is in your head, how you do things. Your your brand is not just your logo. It's an experience, an experience provided by the system of how a customer experiences you. And you've got to communicate that over and over to your team. If there's a problem on a job, your first question is, what part of the system didn't work? Do we need to fix a system? Oh, we didn't have a system for that. We need to write that system. So create that system, no matter what size you are, and get it out of your head and train your people. I love it. It's a good mission to have as a business to be a part of, to get want to get other owners out of the hourglass. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's, it's rewarding. Uh, it reminds me of why I did this. You know, so I, by the way, I, I have a personal, um, my personal purpose in, in life. And I, I think it's good for people to think about their personal purpose. Mine is to help people become the best versions of themselves. I, I, it's where I get delight when I can help other people achieve that. And so getting people stuck who are in the hourglass to bust the hourglass is is 
the way that I've attempted to make this. It's almost happen. like taking a really good stretch that you've been really wanting to feel. You've been cramped. <laughs> you've been cramped in this glass that it's time to bust through and be free. It is. Well, Brian, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to have you. We'll be bringing you back in a couple of weeks with Kevin to talk about our Businesses Messy series. It's been a little while since we've we've done that, so it'll be due time. Uh, but thanks to all our listeners. We hope that if you find yourself really sticking to one of these statements that we said, that you begin to pull back and then document why you feel that way and what can you do to get out of it. Good stuff, Ma. Thanks. Yep, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.